Welcome to the Understanding Jesus Podcast. I'm Pastor Troy Richards, and with me is... Evan Federhoff. Evan Federhoff and... Austin Lambert. Very good. And we are the all engineer. here today. That's right, Austin the Engineer. We're all here back. We we, we had a uh, podcast we recorded actually quite some time ago, uh, last week that we aired. and uh, But, but today we are back uh, with uh, we're talking about God's Word. Uh, we're reading through Hebrews. We're in Ezekiel. We've got the Psalms. Uh, and, and Evan's going to share some, but no, you know, we don't get to the Proverbs, but we have no. Proverbs. Yeah. <laughs> we're reading yeah. the Proverbs too. Next week. Next week. Uh, that's right. Next, next week for sure. We're going to talk about Proverbs. But, uh, anyway, we got some uh, insights we want to share definitely from the Psalms and from Hebrews. So, uh, so be sure and stick around and we're going to talk at the end uh, just briefly about angels. So if angels intrigue you, uh, stick around for that all when we come back. Welcome back to the Understanding Jesus podcast, where we are taking a moment to go through some things we read in our devotional time this week. And and really, this is what Understanding Jesus is about, is about reading the Word of God and coming to a greater understanding of Jesus and who He is and so forth. And and I'm going to start, Evan, I'm going to start by sharing something from Psalm 121. Um, It says, I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heavens and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who, keep, uh, he who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and you're coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. What a what a hopeful psalm that is. I mean, really, I sometimes you read the psalms, and you're like, ooh, that's rough. <laughs> and and I and psalms are kind of the only place where uh, you really see people talking about hating other people, hating their enemies, and wanting their enemies to die and bad things to happen to them. So it's kind of good when you don't have a psalm that goes that direction. But uh, here's the way I always reflect on the psalms. When I'm reading it, and I'm reading about the enemies, I, I remember that David, it's usually David who's writing about his enemies and so forth, and people trying to take down his throne and so forth. I try to think, well, let me think of that in terms of spiritual enemy, and, and, and from Satan and his minions and, and all the, all the uh, forces of darkness and the principalities and powers. Those are, because Paul says we don't battle against flesh and blood, we battle against principalities and powers. So I think in terms of when I'm thinking of that hatred or that wanting the demise of my enemies to think of that spiritual warfare and praying that in that regard. But for this one, this reminds me that God is in control. And I think sometimes we get to thinking that uh, our circumstances start start putting cracks in that foundation, making us think, I don't, I don't know if God has this. In fact, we're not thinking about God at all. All we're looking at is the surrounding circumstances. Kind of like Peter, when he was drowning, when he was walking on water and then all of a sudden he's drowning and he's looking at the wind and the waves and so forth and and uh, and cries out to Jesus to save him uh well for just before that he was walking on water i mean he's having this incredible great spiritual moment and then then he's drowning and that is played out in my life and i'm sure in the lives of others on almost a daily basis where i have this moment where i feel really strong like i feel like i i'm i can't believe that i'm walking on water it's it's like i'm i'm so spiritually high i'm just Everything seems to be clicking. It feels like I'm connected to God. It feels like 
uh, I heard this amazing message, and I'm really just inspired and ready to change the world and see God do great things. And then the next day, or next moment sometimes, I'm drowning, and I, I'm beginning to wonder if I'm going to even survive. And, and this psalm reminds us, no matter what we feel like, no matter what the circumstances look like, that God is always stable, that he's always in control, and that he is, he says, I, 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 I'm preserving your going out, I'm preserving your coming in. And basically, if you think of it, like when you're going out to, when armies were going out to battle and they would leave the city, that God was protecting. Once those gates open on the, you got to think of a walled city, and then you have this big gate open up, and you walk outside, and now you're vulnerable. And God's saying, I'm going to, once you go out those gates, I'm preserving you. I'm looking after you. I'm protecting you all the way while you're going out until, and all the way till you come back in. And, uh, and that, that should be a comfort to us. When you got up this morning and you got ready uh, and, uh, and to go out into the world, God was there looking after you as you went out into your day, and he'll be there with you as you go back and, and to the conclusion of your day. And, and for me, uh, I, I get, uh, sometimes I go out in a hurry, rushed, anxious, and so forth. I really, uh, well, I'm, I mean, I really try, I actually do. I, I have worked into my life after years of effort. Uh, finally, I have a routine of where I spend uh, my time with the Lord in the morning. Uh, one of the things that Oswald Chambers, who's one of my favorite devotional authors, um, says, and it's not that, again, let me just, always my little, um, disclaimer i don't agree with everything he says so don't think oh he thinks this no that i just he says a lot of things i do like um but he said one of the things he challenges us to do is to devote our dawns to god and and kind of a pattern of scripture is as soon as you get up uh, i know george Mueller was one of those people also uh, devotes devoting your dawns to god um but you um as soon as you get up to say oh i got i need time with the lord and and to go have that time with the lord and uh, and to read his word, spend some time in prayer, meditate upon it, and uh, I I keep a journal, so that's one of the things, ways I keep track of what God is saying to me and so forth. So that gets my day started in the right direction. It keeps me from being anxious or stressed about going today, but get it focused in the right direction. But uh, it's nice. So nights are really where I, where my struggle is. It's nicer being restless at night and and going to bed. Uh, is sometimes uh, difficult for me because I I just don't want to close my eyes because I think of all the things I still have yet to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And one of the one of the things at night is is just being able to say, God, uh, whatever has happened has happened, and now you're in control, and so I can go rest knowing that you got this. You you've got all this under control, and I can go ahead and rest uh, and sleep and wake up the next day. Um. It, the having faith in his ability to keep us and protect us is is i think the key to getting a good night's um good night's rest so um you know people people be, people need something to believe in and uh and this is one of the things that our church i think i think i think one of the things that um we need as a church is a rallying point something that draws us together and say hey this is why we're in this together. Yeah, I know you have your own ministry and life and so forth, but but in Austin and and so forth. But what is it that makes us have to work together? What is it that draws us together as a people? And uh, and I think that uh, that that has to be um, Jesus. I think Jesus is the connection point. But then 
But uh, Rick Warren pointed out five things that were like pillars in the church kind of thing. Uh, worship, evangelism, fellowship, discipleship, and um, ministry. And um, yeah, worship, service, evangelism, fellowship, ministry, discipleship. Um, yeah, I, keep, I have to say those five times fast. <laughs> um, but uh, the each of those is important. But I think our church, uh, I think well, worship is something that, that draws us together. I think right now ministry is a strong suit. What would you say? Of those five, what do you think is the most strong suit in our church? Um, ministry, evangelism, fellowship, discipleship, worship. Fellowship. But worship, fellowship, evangelism, ministry, discipleship. Um, probably, um, I think ministry, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, because uh, the other ones are ones that we've really been, um, I think, growing in a lot. Right. But, um, but they're ones that we've had to really reposture our culture to. Yeah, because I don't, I don't think we've yet got to a point where we all agree on worship. No, and. And worship can, um, it's really easy to see it as just music. Yeah. And it, and I, I think that we need to get back to the heart of worship. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're funny. <laughs> um, but, uh, but e- each one of those, I, I think has different points of strength and weakness within our church. Um, but ministry, especially when you look at like the history of like programs within the Baptist church, I mm-hmm. think our, our church does a really good job at, at program setting and, and, um, preparing places where people can bring their lost friends and, and our own lost friends. Right. Um, and our, our friends who are already are, are saved and where we can bring them all together and, and use as a place to grow, um, where by default you should grow a little bit. <laughs> well, I, and I think if you say, like, for instance, if I said, hey, we're going to have a worship night, mm-hmm. I don't know that we get people to be involved. Yeah. If we're, I said, when we have times of fellowship, it's, it's, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we have discipleship studies, it's all right. Uh, when we have, um, if, when we ask people to share Jesus with others, probably our weakest, one of our weakest ones. Yeah. And then, um, but if I say, hey, we're going to help some people, mm-hmm. and I think we get more participation in that than or anything Or service else. day. Yeah, yeah. Sort of a service yeah. day. Yeah. I have like, you have to give up your entire Saturday morning, but we're going to replace every light bulb in the church. There you go, yeah. Every, or even Operation Christmas Child. Yeah. You know, and, and getting people involved. You see that we always have a great yeah. um, response yeah. to our, that. Our church loves to serve each other. In, yeah. in the and community. serve others in the community. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah, so I think that that's our, but anyway, that my point was that's kind of our rallying point that find that which connects us together. And then we see that common ground we have work on the other things. Now mm-hmm. saying how now how can we worship better together? Yeah. How can we fellowship better together? And those kind of things. So anyway, so anyway, that's that's kind of uh I took that passage a little bit further than I wanted to, but mm-hmm. but uh but it's uh, but seeing Jesus when you see Jesus as the one who's doing all that and guiding us in that direction and, and protecting us and, and so forth, uh then we can focus on uh other things. So mm-hmm. anyway. What did you got? I'm going to jump across a few passages real quick. Okay. And I'm not going to add too much to them, but uh, so in Hebrews 3, uh, we see starting at the very beginning through verse 6. Um, therefore, on, I'm in the ESV, by the way, and I'll, I'll fix that someday soon. Um, I like the ESV. Yeah, but, but for the sake of the podcast, <laughs> um, so that everybody can read the same one. Um, it's pretty similar, but um, anyway, therefore, holy brothers, you share a heavenly calling. Consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession who is faithful to him who appointed him, just as Moses was also was faithful in God's house. For Jesus has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, as much more glory as the builder of a house has more honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Now Moses was faithful in all um, God's house as a servant, to testify to the things that were, that were to be spoken later. But Christ is faithful over God's house as a son. Um, and we are his house, if indeed we hold fast to our confidence and boasting in our hope. 
Uh, I want to hop down to four verse fourteen. Yeah. Um, and that, that one's um about Jesus as the the high priest. So, um, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but uh, one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near the throne of grace, that we may be, uh, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So, um, anyway, I, I just want to tie these two together. I, I know they're not really the, exactly the same um, purpose and, and mm-hmm. message, but, but I think it gives, it gives us a better picture of who Christ was, um, where we have one where it's, it's relating back to Moses, who was um, probably revered by, by, I think, in the Jewish faith, they revere um, Moses as the greatest in the Old Testament. Yeah. So so we have um, a picture of someone who, at this time, writing um, this book of, um, or the, the Hebrews book, um, the writer here is talking about Moses, who um, who they were revered as as great and and um in many ways holy compared to most other other Jews at that time. Um he led the the Israelites all the way to the promised land. Um I, I mean he, he was faithful in different ways than the rest of us. Now we know that Moses still had um had failing moments. Mm-hmm. That's why he couldn't enter the promised land. But but um it's it's referring to how much greater Jesus was than um Moses. So he's he's giving this example and then jumping down to four fourteen it we see that that Jesus as a high priest um, allows us to, um, you know, as we're adopted sons, we're also able to um, enter, um, draw near to God's throne of grace. So we're we're able to approach His um, His throne without an intercessor. Mm. So, well, and we do have an intercessor who is the Holy Spirit, but um, yeah. but we're able to go straight to Him. We don't need someone to pray for us. Right. Well, yeah, and. And the high priest was, uh, you know, and one of the things that Hebrews points out is that he's a high priest by the order of Melchizedek. Mm-hmm. So he's over, and it, which was important because otherwise, and this is the whole case that Hebrews is making, otherwise you have Jesus being of the line of Levi, and which puts Abraham, uh, and you have Abraham, Isaac, and then Jacob, who is Israel, and then Israel has his 12 sons, and of the mm-hmm. 12 sons, Levi is one of them, and out of the priesthood comes from Le- Levi comes the priesthood, mm-hmm. which uh, is kind of a, but but uh, Hebrew says, well, Abraham, when he was worshiping, he turned to a priest named Melchizedek, mm-hmm. and so, and offered his tithe to him, and so he was in authority basically over Abraham, mm-hmm. so, so Jesus come from that is over Abraham, mm-hmm. you know, and his priesthood exceeds that of Levi, yeah. and so forth, and so, which is a, uh, which is to say he's the greater priest. And, and Moses is, you know, that's when we look at Jesus, he is prophet, priest, and king. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and for um, the high priest, according to order of Melchizedek, uh, his role of prophet means a greater than Moses, because mm-hmm. Moses would be considered the greatest prophet, mm-hmm. like you said, uh, to the Jewish people. Um, and then you have, uh, and then King David would be the greatest king. Uh, and so you have uh, Jesus who is, over each of them, you know, mm-hmm. who has surpassed each of them to become greatest in in all three roles, and and bringing those three offices together as one. I mean, um, Moses wasn't the high priest; it was Aaron, his brother. And so you have Moses, prophet; uh, Jesus, the high priest, or, or Melchizedek as the high priest example, and then and David. But Jesus being all three of those, and um, and that, and I think that uh, again, like you said, he becomes our. Um, 
he opens up the Holy of Holies for us um, mm. and brings that where we are the temple of the Holy Spirit now and have access to God mm. uh, through him. Uh, this was a, these are things we take for granted because you just grow up praying and you don't think about how, how does God hear my prayers? Mm. And if you came through, if you came to an understanding of God that said, well, actually, you need to, uh, you are not able to approach God. He's unapproachable, mm-hmm. so you have to go uh, to a high priest. The high priest has to provide sacrifices for himself mm-hmm. uh, in order to cleanse himself, to give access. And then once he's in the Holy of Holies, uh, he can provide atonement for us or seek atonement for us and uh, through a sacrificial system. And now Jesus is, is uh is that access to us mm-hmm. and basically and like you said gives us direct access to the throne of god uh, so when we say that's when we pray to the father in the name of jesus uh we are we're we're not just trying to come up with uh, some type of uh of formula for some type of magic um mm-hmm. uh incantation yeah but it literally that's exactly what we're doing we're approaching the father uh, who has the power to do all things Mm-hmm. And uh, and we are coming to him in the name of Jesus, who is our great high priest, uh, because he has, by his blood, given us access to uh, the throne of God to request. And he says, you can ask whatever you want to ask, mm-hmm. and uh, and I will do it. Uh, and again, not saying that's like some type of magic formula for, I in the name of Jesus, I want a new car, mm-hmm. you know, or in the name of Jesus, I want a million dollars. You know, it's not like that. It is saying that as we are seeking to do his will, seeking to uh, to overcome our enemies, seeking to uh, fulfill that which God has called us to do, we can be empowered to do it because we have a great high priest who is giving us um, his word. It's like, it's, it's like as Moses is leading the people to where God wants them to go mm-hmm. and obstacles would come in the way, God gave them the assurance that if you will turn to me, I will give you the ability to overcome all your enemies. I will get you where I desire for you to go. Mm-hmm. And then and Jesus is basically saying the same is true for his followers, that he will do whatever is necessary to get us where he desires us to go. Mm-hmm. So when you are wanting to go where Jesus wants you to go, and it looks as though you can't get there, you remember the promise of Christ that, no, no, he, he will give us the ability. He'll do whatever we needs to be done to get or there. Or it's not within God's will. Right, or else, yeah. If it's if it's, if the door's not opening, then God doesn't want it to open. Yeah. So you just if you if you believe God wants you to go through that door, then you ask Him and He'll open the door. Yeah. And the way you know He doesn't want you to is the door doesn't open. Mm-hmm. Um, or else, you're if you're being disobedient, the door won't open either. I mean, obviously, you're you're purposefully. You wouldn't be trying to open the God's door if you were being disobedient, though. Yeah. So, anyway. Well, and that's why it's so important to read God's word to begin with, is because it gives us right. a very clear view of what God's will. <laughs> was for for the people here and for us now yeah absolutely so, yeah very yeah. good and i love i love hebrews yeah it's yeah just a... it, it's very cool because it um it, like you're saying for for somebody of a sacrificial system this would have been mind-boggling in a way to yeah. to think that, that they could approach god on their own um yeah. and even that's something that rifts us from um as a protestant church from the catholic church um or the roman catholic church right um it because they they um they they see a need to pray through saints and have um forgiveness through their through their their priest mm-hmm. and they have to um they have to do these things through other people um who are more righteous than the average average joe i guess right and um and uh but we believe in, we believe in the priesthood of all believers mm-hmm. 
and uh, and that's and that's what one of the things that separates us. We we believe that you are a priest and I am a priest, mm. and 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 all of us who come to saving faith mm. are that it's not that it's not a vow or something the church mm. has to affirm. That it is a uh, that it is uh, the church affirms it when I'm baptized. You mm. know, when I become a follower of Jesus Christ and follow Him, that I am now part of that priesthood, mm. and so have all the intercessory powers of mm. priest, um, and we're and that we're all saints. Yeah. You know that that we believe in that we are, all of us who are followers of Jesus Christ are saints of God. So. Yeah, and then comes the value of church membership. <laughs> yeah, and 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 we're, one of the reasons we believe that is because that's when Paul addressed the church, even if, if the church at Corinth that have, was riddled with problems, he addressed them as saints. You know, mm-hmm. and and so they're the blessed ones. And so yeah, um, yeah, we don't have a hierarchy, I guess you'd mm-hmm. say. Yeah, but yeah. Um, get it. But the but it's but we also approach scripture differently, and so that's that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons. But um, but of course we're uh, we're we're going to defend what we think, but uh, the the uh, uh, what is it in verse seven where he says, "Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your heart, hearts as in the day, as in the rebellion on the day of testing in the wilderness, where your fathers tested me, tried me, and saw my works for forty years." Uh, and and then he goes on to say, "They always go astray in their hearts, and they have not known my my ways." Um, and uh, he's just warning them. You know, don't uh, that it is belief. It's trusting in God. It's trusting that Jesus is our high priest. Trusting mm. that He has provided a way for us um, that should draw us to the Word. I mean, the the idea. I mean, today everybody gets up and they're like, uh, "Oh, I got to do this. I got to do this." And well, who's who's telling you you have to do those things? Mm. Who tells you you have to go to work? Who tells you you work at the job you work at? Who tells you to you know? And you're, well, I got to do what I got to do in order to get a paycheck. It's like, well, then, then is your paycheck your God? Is it mm. is it your you know what's the you, we we take so little time to actually think about why we do what we do. We're mm-hmm. like sometimes like rats in a maze. We just are just set loose and we just go, and without thinking, where am I going and mm-hmm. what am I doing and what am I trying to get? And and that's the enemy. Uh, that's how he controls us. Is he we're working for a particular type of pleasure or we're working for a particular type of of goal or or to have mm-hmm. a material possession or a state of being or whatever. Uh, all of which um, are empty promises or very temporary, mm-hmm. whereas Jesus promises us eternal life, and 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 we a lot of us are going through life thinking oh, I'm just going to live my life and just hope I get eternal life. Mm-hmm. Well, Jesus says no, and you you need to be intentional about this. That mm-hmm. this is a that uh, there is a way, a path mm-hmm. that that there's a wide path that a lot of people are on trying to get there, but it's not going to go anywhere. So mm-hmm. it's a deceptive uh, deception. It's a lie. But there is a path, and so you say, okay, well, I want to, I want to find that path, and then, then, uh, and the Jewish people believe they had that path, and so, mm-hmm. so the writer of Hebrews is saying the path you were on, mm, that doesn't work anymore. So Jesus is now, Jesus is now your high priest. Mm-hmm. Jesus is now your prophet. Jesus is now your king, right. and so, uh, so you need to follow, you need to believe and trust in Him. Well, for Gentiles like myself, it should be easier because I don't have a a previous prophet or a previous priest or a previous king idea. I don't, you know, I didn't have those things. So all I have to do is just simply believe that Jesus is the way to salvation and don't have to unthink or undo all the things that I have been trained in or whatever, except just to release that which the world teaches me and say, okay, now I, I think Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the source of salvation. So the question, le- legitimate question should be, well, then what does he want me to do? How do, how does that work? How do I get there? I'm amazed how often we throw that out there that if you want to be saved, you need to follow Jesus. And people are like, yes, 
And then it, there should be a follow-up question of, well, how do I do that? Yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? Yeah, it's discipleship. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And people are like, you know, I'm like, and I'm looking at you going, uh, looking at people, looking, looking at you particularly, but, but people, um, I look at people every Sunday morning, I'm looking at their faces going, I know you don't know how to do this. Mm-hmm. I know you don't know. It's like if I was asking you, it's like I'm asking you, I need every, in order to get to heaven, I need you to fix my car. I need everybody to rebuild my transmission in order to get to heaven. And you all go, okay. Yeah. And it's like, well, there should be a logical question. How do I rebuild a transmission? Yeah. <laughs> you know, who's going to teach me to do that? Yeah. And and that's and yet nobody asked that question. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like I think I think I can figure it out. I think I can wing it. Yeah. And, you know, it's like no, you can't. You can't wing it. It's like it's like it's a it's a discipleship process. It's a training and and uh, and there are things to learn and and grow in and and so forth and be mentored in and discipled and mm-hmm. uh and yeah, it's like. Ah, I got, I got, I want to go play pickleball instead. And yeah. so it's, it's just, uh, it boggles the mind, but that's the nature of what the enemy does. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's just like kids who think they don't need math and say, I can make it without math. I don't need math. I, I think it's funny because our, our society values so highly education. We talk about, I, I mean, I, I'm working with the college students right now. Um, and we have so many different training mm-hmm. portals, things that even on, on commercials of how do you do this? We, we have guys that are, are multi-millionaires that, that just sell tutorials on how to become a better business owner. And, right. And we've got all these different things that people dump money into and, and trainings for for different standards of uh, as far down as, as um, you know, how do you how do you drive a garbage truck correctly, you know? And, right. And then, you know, as far as, you know, how do you. How do you write correctly for the, you know, the Wall Street Journal or whatever it is? And, yeah. And we have all these tutorials, years and years of college, and um, and when it comes to the scriptures and the Bible, we're just like, ah, you know, I, I think it's good learning. Yeah, <laughs> so absolutely. It stops. It yeah. stops there. Yeah. And it does, and I, it it drives me crazy because uh, it's like you. And the physical aspect of that too, we have people who are trying to get in shape and become physically mm-hmm. fit, and so they sure. go through all this, uh, you know, join gym, have gym memberships and things like that, Protein. and so forth. And it's like, and 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 we do treat gym memberships a lot of times mm-hmm. like we do church because we we sign up mm-hmm. and we go and we kind of look at the equipment and go, hmm, that would be neat. Yeah. <laughs> and then we go home and never come back again. Yeah, I like to add three more plates to my my bench press. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and and so we all it's it, we just have uh, there's an old adage you know the road to hell is paved with good intentions and we are mm-hmm. a people who just have really good intentions but never mm-hmm. follow through but. It it just takes a moment. It just takes one moment of clarity to say I need to uh, adjust my life to the way God would have it to be, and and then taking a step toward that adjustment. Uh, and like I said, we if 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 just adding one thing that morning time with God that for me that's that's what that's how it began. It began with a challenge of saying, Hey, you need to have a quiet time. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't want to admit I knew it, didn't know what that meant, mm-hmm. which I, so I get it. I understand why people don't mm-hmm. ask questions because you don't want to look like you're ignorant, uh, even though we are ignorant until we get that information. Yeah. But um, the, uh, and, and the people who have that knowledge know we are ignorant, so we're not revealing anything there. But, but we have, uh, but you asked the question, I want to have a, uh, how, what, how do I have a quiet time? Mm-hmm. I, I thought about that, that, uh, my parents never sat me down and said, mm. hey, Troy, we want to teach you how to have a quiet time. My parents didn't have a quiet time. Yeah. And so, I mean, I lived with them. I know they didn't have mm. a quiet time. And so that was one of the things I wanted to teach my kids is uh, not that they all did it, 
yeah. uh, at the beginning anyway. But but I wanted to say, hey, no, this is this is what's important. And so I, and I used to keep that private. I didn't want people to know. I wouldn't share with people what I was doing. And then I realized, how are they going to know if I don't tell them mm-hmm. that? Uh, and so I do tell people. They're like, well, do you do it every day? It's like, yeah, I do it every day. Every day. I have four elements to my quiet time. I have a time where I read God's word. Uh, and where and it's part of a reading plan mm-hmm. that I share with everybody. That's part, of, you know, that's what's on the website is my reading plan. Uh, and uh, and it goes through Psalms, Proverbs, Old Testament, New Testament every day. And if you read through the whole thing, it gets through, mm-hmm. through the Bible in a year. And then um, I have I read a devotional writing from someone, someone who another believer in God who's written his perspective on mm-hmm. uh, the Bible. And uh, and then because those people can be dead and still speak into our lives. Mm-hmm. And so you're Charles Spurgeon has great devotion. Oswald Chambers I've mentioned before. Um, and uh, and I shouldn't have gone down that path because there's so many. I don't want to miss anybody. But uh, there's hundreds yeah. of them. Uh, the uh, also uh, prayer, a time of intercessory prayer uh, and and prayer. I've, I've told people about the acts method of praying where you spend time in adoration, confession. And there's Siri. Siri's been listening for yeah, quite just, a while. That's right. No, sorry, Siri. Um, got adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. Supplication just means my request. And and do that every day. And then uh, I have, uh, a, well, that's it, thanksgiving, supplication. Yeah. And then and then uh, I have a time of journaling. And so mm-hmm. I write down, uh, and that's changed over the years. I used to write out my prayers in my journal. I used to do various things. But uh, I had a, somebody challenge me back when I was in my early 20s. They said, anybody who was serious about their faith, uh, I won't tell you who said it, but it was a prominent preacher and so forth. But uh, whenever I name names, people judge me. Uh, mm-hmm. But the um, uh, but anyway, a prominent preacher, uh, world-known, uh, who said uh, anybody he knew of any spiritual consequence kept a journal. Mm. And so I thought, well, I want to be of spiritual consequence. So I started keeping a journal. And uh, I'm so grateful for that because I can look back now at things I wrote in my 20s, some things, some of the struggles I had then I still have now, mm. and some things that I thought, oh, wow, that was an interesting perspective I had back then that I don't have anymore. But uh, but also seeing that God has always, always been showing me something. But here's here's the thing that is... I think by far the greatest thing that I've discovered by doing this every day. Uh, Henry Blackaby years ago challenged, and they're going to name a name, but Henry Blackaby challenged years ago that God always has something to say to us and we should write it down. And so I, I go through the Word and I write down a passage of Scripture that speaks to me. And then I write down what I believe God is speaking to me through that passage of Scripture. And then I, I'll write down some things that God did yesterday uh, just to show the, his action. But here's, here's the thing I've discovered. Every single day, every day, without exception, God says something to me mm-hmm. if I'm listening. And every single day, God does something that I can ob- observe and see that it is God doing it mm-hmm. every day. And, and that, without exception, I have never had a day of meditation or reflection where I could go, mm, I don't think I saw, I don't think God did anything mm-hmm. yesterday. I think it was just a... He took the vacation or whatever. He just took the day off. He didn't see anything. No work or activity of God whatsoever. Oh, every day. And so I, 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 the thing that convicted me about that was that I thought of how many days where I didn't take that time and uh, or missed or whatever. Sometimes I would take a week off of, of my prayer life, a, a month out of it and so forth. But now for the past four years and three months, uh, I have not missed a day. And I, and I, I I've made that commitment because... I thought I I why would I why would I miss that? Mm-hmm. You know, why would I miss an opportunity to hear what God 
is saying. And does that mean my life is perfect now? Does it mean I don't have any struggles? No, it doesn't mean that at all. But it does mean that I at least have got to experience God um, on a more full way. And and mm-hmm. and because that's where I'm how I'm going to spend eternity. I'm going to spend yeah. eternity experiencing Him on a on a regular basis. And so I want to kind of get into the rhythm of that uh, now. So I say that not to brag, but to say that if anybody wanted to know how to do that, uh, I I wanted to be if I'm going to ask people to do that. I want to be able to do it myself. I want to say, can I do this? Is it, is it possible? Because I would always tell people you should have a daily quiet time. And it's like, well, can you have a daily quiet time? And, I, and I've been challenged in that. I've worked in factories where I had to be there at 5 a.m. Did I still have it? Yep. And, did I, and I've had to be places, you know, at different, I've been up all night the night before. I've traveled overseas where I've been on a flight for 18 hours and, mm-hmm. and been in airports and 35 hours of travel time and so forth to get to different countries. And, and uh, did I maintain it then? Yeah, I did. And so it's just because I just believed that God would want me to have that daily time with him. And no matter what the circumstances, of, I, so I would never have excuse. So have I missed church services? Yes. But I don't miss my time with the Lord. So mm. we've um, I've taken all our time, Evan. I'm so sorry. That's but okay. uh, but the uh, um, we uh, we're kind of getting back in the rhythm of this. But uh, I wanted to really stress today how in I think you picked up on it how important this daily time in the Word is. And the whole point of us doing this is to is for you. We have all these podcasts that we've got recorded. Thank you, Austin, for so many. Mm-hmm. Um, podcast up there, and and before you, there was Daniel and and others who who got all these posted for us. But um, we have a whole log of podcasts that go. Th- we've well, we went to we season three. We didn't make it all the way through, but two years we made it all the way through. So, yeah, so two years we made it all the way through the Bible, and uh, and so you can go back and and listen to some of those podcasts where we just start pulling from God's Word and 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 hitting on if you're going through the reading plan you, you the idea was that we were sharing things we got out of the same thing that you were reading that we were all reading together mm-hmm. and sharing things we got out of what we all read yeah um and so uh, so that's the way it works best is if you're reading through it and we're all sharing things about what we learned uh and love to get input from you uh if you're reading through it and say oh this is what i got out of it we love to hear that love to hear what other yeah. people are getting on god's word but uh but if nothing else it's kind of like uh, when I was in high school. Did you guys have? Did you guys in school, high school, did you have to read books? They still require that. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like novels and so forth. Like Dickens, you ever read *A Tale of Two Cities* or anything like that? No, I didn't read Dickens. No. I, I um I I think Austin and I were on the tail end of a lot of this stuff. Uh-huh. Like I I write cursive and. Oh and, yeah. And you know I I know. I mean I learned cursive. We just didn't need it after like elementary school. Yeah. yeah. They, they, Right after I got done learning it, they canceled it. But did so. you? Yeah, I know it's uh, it's I I taught it at private schools just and taught penmanship again. But anyway, it's, that's a it's atrocious. Yeah, <laughs> the uh, the which is funny because if you look at my journal, it's all it's all handwritten. But uh, mine's like that too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Person, yeah. The um, uh, what, what go back to reading? What what books did you have to read in high school? Um, what books were you supposed to read? Of school? Mice and Men. Yeah, Of Mice and Men, Huckleberry Finn. Um, I didn't read Huckleberry Finn. I did. Um, I'm yeah. trying to think. I can't really remember because I took the like there were certain classes in like middle school and junior high that everyone took that we all had to read the same books. But then also in high school, I took different classes that required other books yeah so like i took a mythology course that required like the hobbit and ender's game but then i also in just like 
standard literature you had like of mice and men mm-hmm. and like books like that yeah, um no, I mean- I had different sets of stuff because all the way through seventh grade, I went to St. Paul Lutheran. Okay. So I, I had a very different set of curriculum than everyone else. So yeah. a lot of our reading was more directed towards how we can use this for discipleship later on. Right. Good yeah. Like what? Anything? Um, so we went through, well, some of it went through like the catechism and stuff like okay. that. Well, that's and, fine. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then, um, and then a lot of the books that we read through, um, they would try to find ones that related back to god's word in some way so okay. even books like holes we read holes yeah. and and while that one's not explicitly scriptural scriptural yeah. Yeah, but okay, it yeah. but you can pull principles out of that yeah. that, that allow us to grow in god's yeah. word a little bit so so they take it and relate it back to how we how do how can we relate these principles that they lived through yeah. back to god's word and I, I remember going through a lot of those together with our teachers and it's just very different i i mean it's probably similar books but well let me ask you this were you ever assigned a book that you didn't read no, no, you guys are such good students. I generally read them, yeah. Okay, because we, well, I, well, I was, well, I was one of the, I was also one of the kids who I read a lot in yeah. school. Like, if I ever had a free period, I was never like working on homework or like playing on my phone or anything like that. I had a book. Well, it, whether that was assigned reading or like free reading, just depending on the time of year. Well, part of it though, I can tell just from what you're saying, is you weren't assigned as many books as we were assigned, uh, because we had all George Elwell's books, uh, all of Jane Austen books, uh, all like Pride and Prejudice, and mm. and uh, and we had to read um, Dickens. We read uh, David Copperfield of Mice and Men, um, and um, oh, oh, what's the the poor boy Oliver Twist, uh, yeah. and um, all of Shakespeare's works. Did you have yeah. to read Shakespeare's works? The big ones. Okay. Yeah. And so we, so we, so we had to th- go through lots of reading. Mm-hmm. Well, so much so that I didn't. Uh, we have what's called Cliff's Notes, which was a little book that people would read uh, to oh, give spark you Spark Notes. You said. Yeah. Oh, or yeah. Spark Notes. I've heard of that too. Yeah. I've used Spark Notes. Okay. Well, there you go. And so, so anyway, the, well, I would read those if I read the book or not. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. to give you a, a better understanding of. I, I would read the book and then use the Spark Notes to write the paper. Uh, that makes, right. sense. Yeah, right. makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, the uh, <laughs> yeah I used to, uh, but anyway, I would I would do that, and then she'd give us tests on it, and I would usually do okay on the test, and then, um, but I would always, but I pride myself on being able to do tests without reading the book or anything. One time, my teacher's like, well, I just want you to write a two page essay on everything you learned from the book, which wasn't very good. Uh, but the um, but the, anyway, the point is is that uh, when we uh, sometimes we don't have time to read it, and uh, and this podcast is kind of the Cliff's Notes or Sparks Notes version of reading oh, the Bible, where we're giving you kind of some insight into, I didn't have time to read through Genesis, but I listened to the podcast and I learned a little bit about it. And then, but later, mm-hmm. later on, I I went back and uh, I was driving to seminary and I, pu- I, and I had two hours of drive time one way. Mm-hmm. So four hours a day on the road. And so I thought, I don't want it just to be empty time. And somebody said, well, listen to books on tape. And this was mm-hmm. back when we had cassettes even. But, uh, but I had, would go to the library, and every book that I was supposed to read in school that I didn't read, mm-hmm. I got on tape and listened to them and thought, oh, my goodness. There was a reason why they wanted me to read. These are, yeah. This is really good literature. There's mm-hmm. so much to, I, I have so much depth to some of the writing that was there. Some wasn't that great. Yeah, but, it was just a random but, thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, but, it was, uh, but it was such a, so I read through the classics, read through a lot of works that were, uh, mm-hmm. you know, religious oriented or whatever, spiritual books. Still listen to a lot of books on tape when I'm traveling and so forth. But, uh, but again, that also is, is one of the reasons we wanted to do this, is just to have the word of God going into your mind and into your heart 
you know, while you're maybe not having time to sit down and read. Mm. Because when I read, one of the reasons why reading was such a struggle for me is um, I have ADHD, one thing, but the, but I would, uh, if I got still, I would fall asleep. Just, mm. I couldn't read. So I had to move around, walk, whatever. It was just a struggle. And, and because of just could for reading for me, I, I know some people can look at a page and go through really quick. I'm a word for word reader. Mm. And so it would take uh, sometimes I go through a page and realize I don't remember anything on that page. So I'll go back and read it again. Yeah. And uh, so retaining it was uh, was always difficult for me. So but listening, I was an auditory learner. So listening to it yeah. uh, made all the difference in the world. Yeah, and so, I'm, I'm vision and audio yeah. for me. Yeah. So uh, uh, now we live in a time where uh, you you know, don't just listen to the podcast, obviously, but the Bible app, you can just, somebody will read the Bible to you on your phone yeah. or, or on an app and so forth. I, I encourage you to do that. Just to, mm-hmm. if you can't read through the reading, then throughout the day, just have the Bible playing and, uh, and, and you'll be amazed at, uh, at how much God's word has to offer. So, uh, but anyway, we, uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to just, uh, maybe look at a question really quick, uh, because we're trying to be, again, we were going for brevity and I'm, I'm really messing it up, but, uh, but it will, we'll, we'll straighten that out when time goes on, but, uh, yeah, we'll be back really quick. Welcome back. We are going to, we're, we're short on time. So we're going to deal with one question today. And it's not a question anybody asked. It was a question that uh, I wanted to throw out. And it comes from our reading in Hebrew, Hebrews. Hebrew would be a nice, uh, it's a coffee more thing. Uh, the um, Hebrews uh, chapter one, where he says, so he became superior to the angels, just as the name he inherited is more excellent than theirs. For to which of the angels did he ever say, you are my son, today I've become your father, or again, I will be his father and he will be my son. Um, I, uh, and then he goes on to say, um, in verse seven, and about the angels, he says, he makes his angels winds and his servants a fiery flame. Um, just a question about, just a, a point about angels, which are really just messengers of God. Uh, and uh, because I, I think angels are just such a, a fascinating, uh, Billy Graham wrote a book about angels and so forth, but it's one of those things that fascinates me because it's the one uh, creature that uh, that we have biblical evidence interact with people mm. and on a, on a pretty frequent basis in, in scripture, not frequent historically, if you think about it, because mm. it's like you're talking thousands of years, only a handful of times. Yeah, four or five hundred years apart. Yeah, exactly. Long, and yeah. so, so it's not like a, it's happened all the time, but but yeah. m- with more frequency at different times. Mm-hmm. Uh, like when Jesus is coming on the scene, obviously angels are all over the place. Yeah. Uh, but uh, w- rightfully so. But uh, but just the fact that just one of the things that uh, is important to understand, just really quickly, uh, one, they are not to be worshipped. We're not mm-hmm. to worship angels. That's one of the things that Scripture is very clear about. Mm-hmm. In Revelation, in fact, the angel rebukes John for says, "You know, you don't worship me. You only worship only worship we only worship God. Uh, we we worship Jesus because Jesus is God. We worship the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is God. Uh, but angels are not God. They are messengers or servants of God. Uh, there is a um, I remember thinking when somebody said, "How many angels are there?" Uh, I don't know how many angels there are. I know this: we have fractions. I know that if a third of the angels fell from heaven, that the demonic realm is, uh, that the heavenly realm is twice as large as the demonic realm, uh, which, so uh, I don't know if you're an army person, but if you got an army that's twice as big as another one, your odds are pretty good. Yeah, well, we see great multitude and, and great host. Yes. Um, so we, yeah. we have, we know it has to be 
quite a few. It can't just be one. Right. So. And I know they have the ability, capability to do supernatural things, things they don't. Uh, obviously, we don't see them, or we can see them, but we don't see them most of the time. So, and and that, uh, and so, uh, and and, you know, when you, when you look at, uh, because I love to compare things like the science, when I look at the, when you look at the, the, the spectrum of light, you know, we have infrared and ultraviolet and Mm -hmm. everything beyond those. We can't see infrared with the naked eye. We can't see ultraviolet with We have machined or devices that help us to see those things um, that help, but our eyes are seeing, you know, seven colors on that spectrum, Mm -hmm. but there's so much outside of our ability to see and feel even and so uh, so we're completely the world we know is completely reliant upon the senses that we have sure. and so um so angels just start transcend that so it's not they are physical i believe they are physical and spiritual but mm-hmm. uh, but uh, the um but anyway that's um, uh so uh, that the point is well, we'll cover that again later but i just i just wanted to highlight that angels are our message they're just servants of god they just do his bidding sure. and uh, and there was there's a whole history to them that uh, we've taken some liberties from from text and scripture to kind of tell that story. Mm-hmm. It's not super clear, and we don't have. I mean, I don't mind the liberties that are taken as long as you understand. We don't know absolutely for certain that those mm-hmm. those theories are true, but mm-hmm. uh, but they. Uh, but we do know this: that uh, one, that they are not on level God. We do not worship them. Um, that they are real. Um, sometimes just on a on a coffee house discussion note. Uh, I do think that maybe some of the alien encounters are either uh, good angels or demonic uh, encounters. They built the pyramids, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> there's that. I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, is, he is just kidding. Uh, but yeah. uh, but anyway, that's. Uh, do you ever think about angels or anything? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. I I um I I remember watching. Okay, this I'm still in the aliens. You said <laughs> my my mind just triggered, but um I remember watching Ancient Aliens. They would talk. They had a couple episodes where which are devoted to angels. Uh-huh. And at first you're like, ah, I like I like the where this was going, and then and then they just went just just downhill. Like <laughs> like the 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 can of worms that they opened was like unclosable at that point. Yeah. It's like they they it's like they sent email to all their experts that had to talk. You know, the guy with the hair. And, yeah, yeah. And um and they they all were like, well, angels. I mean, we have so much material to work on here. So, yeah, exactly. But yeah. I I do think about them pretty often actually, because I because yeah. it it um. It, it's something that like like in scripture the the accounts of angels are something that's that's completely undeniable yeah um, um so we, and we're even told yeah. that we may be entertaining angels unaware yeah and so so it's like it's like god even tells us that there might be times where you are speaking with an mm-hmm. angel and not know you're speaking with an angel yeah so. yeah exactly so i i i just think it's cool because it's something that i i mean we have lots of evidence of god within yeah. scripture but but the angels are are one that that was a pure interaction between people and and something that that is evident of God and and what He's done. So beyond yeah. creation itself, um, we have evidences like angels that I think are just cool. Yeah, and maybe we'll devote more time to that in another when it comes up in our reading. But um, but anyway, that's our podcast for today. Thank you for joining us so much. We've had a great time. And uh, Evan, thank you for being with me. Austin, thank you for being here. And appreciate you guys and all that you do. Uh, and uh, look forward to all the people we've got coming ahead. And hope you'll uh, be back with us. We'll be here Tuesday mornings. We're live on Facebook at 10 a.m. And uh, and then but it's also available on YouTube and uh, uh, the live the 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 video portion. And then um, 
on Spotify, on a variety of different formats, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, you can hear the podcast. So listen to listen to the finished product uh, if you if you're just joined us late. So and again, if you are new to the podcast, we got tons of old episodes to go through and uh, where you can uh, catch them on. They can listen yeah. to it on their drive. On their way to the family for Thanksgiving. That's and right. On your the, on, on your family travels. On the uh, way back, they can hear next week's. Yes. Yeah. So course, I think the the way it's going to work is we're going to be live on Facebook on Tuesdays at 10, and then on Thursdays at 7 a.m. will be there will be the uh, edited audio going up on all podcast websites, and then the edited video will go up on YouTube and on, on Spotify th- on Thursday at the same time. I said wherever you get your podcast. Wherever that you includes get, Spotify. Wherever podcasts are heard, yeah. that's where we are. So anyway, but, uh, but if you want to go to our website, fbcj.us, and look at uh, – it says uh, follow us on our podcast, and there it is. Click that. All right. Mm-hmm. And we'll if you go to the website, you can even download the podcast so you can listen to it if you don't have reception or Wi-Fi. Perfect. Good yeah. deal. All right. We'll see you next week. See you guys.